Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. Welcome back to Season 2 of Because Money. I'm Kyle Prevo, and my co-hosts are Sandy Martin and Jackson Middleton. I apologize to those of you listening, uh, expecting the smooth undertones of Rob Engin, as well as his Don Draper-esque good looks. You'll have to be uh, make do with me instead. Uh, today we're joined by Jordan McFarlane and Salman Mula, uh, who are here to talk a little business ed. Uh, Jordan uh, is my self-described, my words not his, uh, top business teacher in Canada. Uh, and he, along with Miss Carissa Halenti, has built an empire uh, out of Campbell Collegiate. Uh, they've quickly um, exponentially grown the program to over 500 students. And Jordan also teaches a variety of uh, business and uh, personal finance courses at Campbell Collegiate. Uh, Sal uh, is brought on here today as a, as a witness, as a as a subject A of of the business program. He's uh, he was a, a product of the Campbell machine. He's uh, in his second year at Hill School of Business, and he's the director of corporate relations uh, for the student body there, which I think is really really cool. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. We're Thank excited to be here. So, Sal, if you ever wanted to roast your teacher, now is the perfect time on a national podcast. Uh, oh, you can throw him under the bus or, uh, uh, you know, point out some of his flaws from the front of the classroom, everyone's worst nightmare. But I guess really what I wanted to ask you guys just to start is uh, why is business education important? What, what, what do kids get out of it as a side? Like, is it just, do I just learn what an interest rate is or sort of what do I get if I go through the Campbell uh, program? Yeah, I think business education is very important. What's the nice thing about business education is it covers so many different areas. So we've got classes that you can take at a high school level in personal finance. You can learn about entrepreneurship, actually get to run your own company. Uh, we have a lot of stuff focused more on social media, marketing side, and career work exploration courses where students can go out and actually do real work terms. So Sal's a great example of that. Uh, when he was in grade 11 and 12, he was able to work with Alliance Grain Traders here in yeah. Saskatchewan and get a great work term with the CEO and uh, yeah it's just generally gonna create uh, you know a more successful we hope person in all areas whether or not you choose to take business in the future or not but it's gonna be some great life skills for you so Sal tell us a little bit about that experience because I know in a lot of schools business education is here's the business textbook oftentimes written in 1980 they're talking <laughs> about this this yeah. new invention on the horizon known as the computer or the CPU. That would be a new textbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so what did so the the you know there's classrooms where you just open it up, read, answer the question. That's your business ed for the day. What did you get out of this uh, sort of groundbreaking, almost like an internship by the sounds of things? <laughs> so I'll, t I'll tell you kind of the whole gist of the story of how I really got involved with the. Mr. McFarland, it's kind of hard to call him Jordan, still that teacher-student <laughs> right, teacher yeah, relationship. Right. <laughs> but no, so in my grade tenure, I was that naive little kid that thought, you know what, I'm going to become a doctor, my dad's a doctor, my grandfather's a doctor. Me being a first-generation immigrant, that's kind of the route that you go. You, you either go into medicine, <laughs> law, or engineering, and business is not even on that checklist. So uh, coming into school, I had... In grade 10, I had one accounting class with Miss Hollinati, and you know, accounting. Everyone took it as an elective. It was going to be an easy elective. Um, that around that time is when Mr. McFarland and Miss Hollinati decided to put together their business uh, extracurricular business club, and I I clearly remember it. It was in this hallway before they did the renos. In this hallway, McFarland comes out the door, 
points at a group of me and my buddies, and he's like, hey, Sal, business club on Wednesday. Be there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super cool, super That's cool. That's high-end recruiting right there. Yeah. We took the corner, and we literally said that it was the stupidest idea that would have ever been put together, and next thing you know, I'm the president of the business for years down the line. So that's kind of how it started off. Uh, getting involved with my first year, I started taking the classes, getting involved with the extracurricular program. I started seeing the value in it, and I started seeing some of my own values change where I was starting to develop myself uh, professionally towards people. I was building a network with people. I was establishing myself in the community. So, so it wasn't just biz business terminology and lingo, and it wasn't just numbers and spreadsheets. You were building a well-rounded base that you could take if you wanted to become a doctor. That would have served you in becoming, going into medicine or whatever the case may be. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. And that was honestly, up until my grade 12 year, that was my, my thinking around it. I was like, I'm still going to take all these business classes, but you know what? I'm going to go into medicine, and I'm going to be able to utilize these things there. And it is true that you can utilize it in whatever field that you go to. just happened that I kept on getting more interested in some of the finance courses, taking the accounting classes here and the personal finance class, and getting more involved with, uh, on my own time as well, getting more involved with the investing world and seeing how things work. Um, a lot of it had to do with Dragon's Den taking a big part of my life and countless hours at night like 2 o'clock in the morning sitting with my iPhone watching Dragon's Den. So uh, kind of getting me into that, but also learning from other people. I actually started reading a lot because of the program. I started reading a lot of... Um, uh, I started reading the Steve Jobs book. I started looking out into all the different kind of professional and successful entrepreneurs in the world. So right now, my biggest inspiration is Elon Musk. You know, it's South <laughs> Not African a bad guy. Form. Not a bad guy to look to as a mentor. Oh, yeah. Kind of, he drives a pretty nice car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, South African-born, I'm South African-born, you know, kind of a resemblance. You know, I'll be taking over Tesla in a few more years. So, But, no, I was seeing a, a lot of value with the classes that we were taking. I started taking the entrepreneurship class. And just from that, seeing that, so we did a organic jam company. And doing that, I was doing the finances. I was looking at how to properly track the inventory, how to do the uh, finances, going to the bank and utilizing the money, extracting the money, depositing the money, paying out the employees, making sure that everything was staying up to standards. And honestly, we failed many times during that way from the beginning of the semester to the end, but it was the failures that we had in that class that helped us learn what we were supposed to get out of that class because if we sold a whole bunch of stuff in that class, we would have learned nothing. By failing yeah, in that and just to be clear, like sorry to interrupt you, Sal, but yeah. I think we got to make it clear to listeners that this isn't uh, like a. I don't want to de denigrate anyone, but this isn't a quote-unquote Mickey Mouse uh, like school business thing where you went in the hallway and you sold a few things a jam or you presented a business plan that uh, you know your teacher marked and gave back to you. But this is like real money. Like you guys were paying employees. You you had a bank account. You you were dealing with a substantial figure for high school kids, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was that whole thing. We're dealing with the money in our hands. We can see firsthand how much goes out, how much comes in, tracking that, making sure that there's no you know, errors in the books so that you're always keeping constant with what you have. So it was a little bit stressful at times. I remember when I was doing, doing up the business, uh, the business plans and going through my ledgers, some, some things just weren't working out, and I was up till 4 o'clock in the morning 
5 o'clock in the morning pulling all-nighters just to try and make sure that my ledgers were working or to make sure that our, our money was in balance because, you know, even though it was $10 that was missing from the one account, you were freaking out because it was $10 <laughs> and, you have, and you have to look back at the rest of your employees in the company or other people who you're working with and say, we're missing $10, what's going to happen now? So it <laughs> yeah, was it was yeah. stressful. It was stressful. So, but it was it was good, and uh, and that's what you kind of learned from, and you established off of that, and then you can build that upon other things that you do. So, so Jackson, you mentioned that you went through this program, uh, maybe not this one specifically, but the Campbell Collegiate uh, sort of deal in general. Sandy, what was your business ed like? Because my business ed was nothing like this at all. My business ed was still uh, we had typewriters still in the classroom. So. <laughs> So let's let's not even talk about what you know what I am very very interested in actually is the idea that number one you mentioned failing Sal and that just really the idea that you could fail in a classroom with mentors and and without with, with real world consequences but without it being really high stakes I think that's really really valuable and I I mean I've had to learn kind of entrepreneurship while the stakes were quite high and I I would love to have had to see the alternate universe where kind of everybody gets to do that. And then, sorry, I have one other point because I'm just thinking, you know, the idea that you were saying, you're going to, you were thinking you're going to be a doctor or engineer. And I think a lot of us, when you hear business, you think like, well, I'm not going to be in business. Mm -hmm. But in reality, that's always going to be your counterparty, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur or in the corporate world at all, you will always be dealing with corporations. So knowing them from the inside, and kind of having an idea of what their kind of their ideas of success are. It's not just kind of the it's a balance sheet, obviously, but the idea that you would even know from the inside and maybe never even have to use that as a business person necessarily. I just I'm really in awe of this program. I think this is really fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and say that my experience. I, I think you you nail it where uh, you say it's the failures that kind of I don't. It's it's not that they define you, but uh, the business program certainly wasn't. Uh, rolled out to this level when I took it. I graduated in 1997, and in grade 12, we took an entrepreneurship class. And basically, it was we wrote a business plan. And I had a 60-page business plan on a coffee shop, and I went around the whole city. I, I collected, uh, yeah, tough for me, but yeah, I went to every coffee shop and bought coffee and tasted all of the coffees, and then looked at all their prices, put together a 60-page business plan of where the city of Regina needs needs another coffee shop and figured it was right on Albert and 11th. Now, if you don't know Regina, that's okay. It's a pretty centralized location. So 60-page business plan, and my teacher goes, uh, this is really good. You should do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. So at 17, I went, I talked to my parents and said, let's do this. We ended up raising $30,000, and we started a coffee shop. So when my last two months of high school, while I'm in an entrepreneurship class, oh, we lost Kyle, but uh, he'll be back. Uh, when when uh, I just, we raised some money, I'm last two months of school, I'm in entrepreneurship, and I'm starting a coffee shop. And we ran Cornerstone Coffee House for a couple of years. I thought one of the best things about the place was there was a movie theater right across the street, and there was no other coffee shop close. Well, within a year and a half, the movie theater got torn down, and the Robin's Donuts got built across the street. So... It, it, we didn't end up. It didn't end up working. But the failure there in the business, in the actual hands-on business, 
experience that I got really did help me in the future. So to, to kind of move that forward and to do that actually in high school, man, that's super cool. I, I dig that because you, you start, you set that foundation for, I don't want to say you set a foundation for failure, but you don't really learn anything until you realize what doesn't work. So I, I really dig what's going on with what you guys are doing. There's yeah. a term that, uh, sorry. I was Go just going to uh, sort of just move on, Sal, just talking about some of the uh, importance of the partnerships you guys actually built in, in the community, part of the program. You sort of uh, talked about it briefly, but I think that's that's important because, uh, you know, as, as great a teacher as Mr. McFarlane is, he probably doesn't know absolutely everything. Uh, I'm just guessing. very much. <laughs> but he knows how to put you in touch with people that do know, uh, which is a good deal. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, not only the the, the grain um, internship, but also just some of the the stuff you Campbell Collegiate does in the communities and some of the cool events you guys put on. So uh, from that point, when the students are building up our networks and kind of talking to people, it gives us a certain confidence and a little bit of a backbone that we can go up to, say, a CEO of a billion-dollar company and say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I take business classes at Campbell Collegiate, do you have any openings at the company that I could possibly come in and work at just for free or to kind of just job shadow in a sense? And I went up to this guy, Murad Al-Khatib. I had known him from before because his kids went to the same elementary school that I went to, but I had no interactions with him. I met him at one of the business dinners that we had the opportunity of going to, and I instantly built a connection off of that. He saw similarities in the way I was. His father was a doctor, his grandfather was a doctor, and he took the left turn and went into business. My father's a doctor, my grandfather's a doctor. I'm kind of going that route it's a great as well. Mentor right there. So it, yeah. it, insta it instantly builds that connection off a person. And just kind of getting with that, I was able to get into a position where I was doing international trades and uh, commodity trading in a grade 12 level Dana class. Wagner, come to the office, please? Utilizing funds. At, by the end of my work term, they had made me do two sales of chickpeas, out of all things, <laughs> to Belgium for a substantial amount of money that you wouldn't ever want to put in the hands of a grade 12 student <laughs> because it's it's such a risk but they felt that they were building me up to the point where they could do it and it was it was amazing for me and you know going into business you're always thinking hey I want to go into oil and gas I want to go into technology not looking that we're sitting here on the prairies and there's a gold mine with agriculture why not get into that and it's kind of slowly kind of continued with that. I'm actually, I was just finished up a work placement at Farm Credit Canada, which I also had connections with because of the program. I was able to talk to some people, build my LinkedIn profile, and they kind of contacted me over LinkedIn. So it's been, it's been pretty cool to be able to establish yourself in the community. And now when you go to different events or you walk around the city downtown on Scar Street, which is kind of like the, the little business district for Regina, you walk down there and you're bumping into people who have met you. Hey, you're that kid from Campbell. Hey, I met you at this dinner. Hey, I met you here. How are you doing? What's going on? We should go for coffee. And then you just constantly build off that. So it, it's amazing to be able to establish a, a network so vast and big. And I'm only 19 right now, so hopefully it gets a little bit bigger <laughs> that I can kind of continue with it. But it's amazing. And then just kind of transferring that off onto other students and helping out other people that you may know or may fit for a different organization, you can continue building and linking off of that. 
Yeah, so why isn't everyone doing this, Jordan? Like, wh- why why is Campbell? Because honestly, I I say it a little bit jokingly, and you guys play all humble on me. But I don't know of anyone else doing this. Sandy, do you know of any business programs like this? No. 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 So why isn't everyone doing this? What have you done? Uh, what is the magic sauce? Uh, I'm asking you to give away your trade secrets here, but <laughs> but what is Campbell doing that that others aren't? Our big focus, like for us, it's all about trying to grow business across the board. So we want business ed to grow across Saskatchewan. So being involved with the SAS business teachers, um, that's a big focus for us. So for us, like just you know, you listen to Sal talk right now and sitting back and soaking it in. It's as a teacher, it's just so rewarding to see those experiences and what's been able to happen. But you know, I think it can easily happen. And and I would you know say to any teachers out there, get involved with the business community. We've been very fortunate. Uh, the local chamber of commerce is a great place to start, whether you're in a smaller community or larger community. So we've built a very strong connection with both the Regina Chamber of Commerce and the SAS Chamber of Commerce, and that's what's allowed us to take students like Sal to these business events. And uh, you know, I remember you know six years ago when we went to our first event, it was very intimidating because we went to the kind of cocktail hours, nobody was drinking, but uh, and they got to meet all the award winners. And for us as teachers, we had to go in and demonstrate, you know, good network. It was a little bit intimidating to start. And now it's totally, uh, you know, flipped from us going and demonstrating to students how to network to now we've got students like Sal who are, you know, able to work a room and they're introducing us to people and saying, oh, yeah, this is my teacher, Mr. McFarlane, as opposed to, hey, this is my student, Sal Mamula. So, you know, the local chambers of commerce are great. There's always, you know, local entrepreneurs around schools and just going out and getting contact. And that's going to help you build a lot right there. And, uh, you know, business people, get involved with your local high school and, and try to give back a little bit. The programs are, are definitely in need. So an invitation to an event or, or guest speaking, uh, that can go a long way. And for us, we've been, we've been really lucky that we've tried to do a lot of networking. It's really paid off for our program. Yeah, like for example, uh, most well, most teachers are sitting at their cottage, feet up for the summer, uh, uh, enjoying maybe one of those cocktail hours that you just spoke of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys over at Campbell, although maybe you're doing some of that too, I don't know. But in addition to that, uh, what was the cool week you guys just put together? Uh, talking about networking and business, this is during your own time during summer hours. You guys got was it a dozen or ten students together and did and did what, Jordan? Yeah, so we did actually, this was sort of outside of the school, but we thought, uh, you know, in the summer there's camps for everybody, there's soccer camps, science camp, a little, there's a little bit of everything, art camps, there's no real camp for somebody that's interested in maybe entrepreneurship and business in general, so uh, just a local business guy here, uh, Jeff Maystruck with Strategy Lab, um, we got together and we thought, hey, why don't we throw like a week-long camp, uh, you know, to, to look at some business stuff and have students focus on entrepreneurship and a bunch of different skills. And we decided to scale it down just to one day for the first year just to test it out and see if there was a market for it and if students would like it and try to help them build our, our camp and come up with some good ideas. So we ran a one-day big idea camp, we called it, and uh, we had the students going all over the city. We are lucky a local car dealership, Capital, um, picked up the students in an F-150 or a GMC Sierra. They got to ride in the vehicle, learn all the new features, and then once they got to the dealership, they went to the boardroom and had to make a 30-second commercial um, about the vehicle they just drove in. So it was a very cool opportunity, something we hope to expand, but there's such a demand for it, and that's really why we started our program here. There's a lot of students that want to learn about it, but uh, they don't always have access to it, which is the really sad thing. Many schools don't offer enough business ed or any business ed at all. 
Yeah, and uh, that's been a common complaint that I had, and I sort of went off on that last year, Jordan. Why do you think that is, Sandy? I'll just throw it over to you because we're in this little bubble, right? We're educators or Jackson. Like, why why do you think business ed suffers across the board? Well, I wonder if people, if, if teachers even really have the capacity sometimes or believe themselves to have the capacity to actually come up with a new program. I mean, this is kind of breaking ground, right? So the teachers that are out and in the classrooms now, I very much doubt that in their training, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know, I didn't go to teacher's You're college, not wrong. But, right? So, so, I mean, it would take a certain kind of person to think, hey, we should, we should do something like this, and I can envision the program, and this is how we can connect things. I mean, Jordan, what I'm really interested in is what happened just before you walked out into the hall six years ago and pointed at Sal and said, you're going to be part of the business club on Wednesday. Is this what you really envisioned was going to happen? Ah, you know what? It was interesting. We started here, and uh, my partner in crime, Carissa Hallnaddy, who's an excellent business teacher here, and we do a lot of stuff together and built the program together. Um, we were first-year teachers here, and we were just trying to stay afloat. So your first-year teaching so stressful. We just wanted to survive to the end of the year, and we really fed off of each other creatively. So we started to come up with ideas like, hey, you know, why don't we like connect our business program a little bit more with the community if we're you know, we know X amount about business, but there's so many people that know more, and how do we become more facilitators? And, you know, we started a thing called an idea binder, so we would just come up with these crazy ideas. We'd write them in a binder, and every month we'd go back and look at it, and slowly we started to check all the boxes, and we came up with the idea for a business club, which we thought, wow, that must sound really lame to students. Like, how do we make that fun, and how do we make people actually get fired <laughs> up about it? And now it's like the room's packed, there's so much energy, and we tell people to do a business club, and they're like, "What? Like, what are you talking about?" But it's you know, it's become so much more than that. So it was you know, it was just kind of developing the vision, and really, it was students like Sal buying in, and us letting the students lead. We're very much a student-led program, so we say, "Hey, what do you guys want to do? What do you want to build?" And they take ownership of it, and the stuff that they have done to build this program is absolutely amazing. So it's the students have played a huge role in the development of this program. And I think that's where it has to go. I mean, really, I, I think you guys are nailing it because, I mean, I yeah, I, I, I look back to my experience in high school, and I mean, I'm just being flat out honest. I would have dropped out of high school had the academics been the only thing there. I knew I wasn't going to university, but I was involved in extracurricular, played football, wrestling, rugby. Had I not had those things, I would have dropped out. However, the only class that I actually loved was Entrepreneurship 30. It's the only class that really got to me. And, you know, I think what you're doing in, in meeting a lot of the, the needs of people who might not otherwise have anything that they attach to. I mean, for me, what you're doing is ex it's what I live right now. I'm an entrepreneur. I've never worked a real job. I work for myself, and I love it. I start companies, I fail companies, and then I start new ones. But, I mean, it's the whole experience. It's the ride. And... To actually learn that you can do that in a safe place, I mean, my hat's off to you, although I'm not currently wearing a hat. Did, did you guys, when you first started, uh, uh, Jordan, did you guys suffer from a little bit of, like, the business, I call it the business stigma. Uh, I know and uh, I've, yes. I've previously told Jordan that I'm very impressed with the SBTA and what they've been able to put together in Saskatchewan, at least in Manitoba and many other provinces that I've talked to. There's this stigma around business, and it's like, well, the non-university kids take business courses, or if you're not smart enough to be a doctor, in Sal's case, you take uh, business courses. Uh, that's that's um, 
sort of been the general theme. And in many cases, I hate to say it, but in many schools, especially smaller schools, it's like put your worst teacher in business because it doesn't matter anyway. Did you guys, are you familiar with this or am I just out in left field here? Yeah, I think definitely. And I'll let Sal after give you kind of the student perspective to see where we're at. But when we started here, uh, a lot of business classes are elective, so you have to choose to take them. So that can mean one of two things. Either students really want to take your class or students just need your class to graduate. So when we came here, uh, you know, it was, it was very much like a needed class to graduate, um, you know, and, and we didn't have the students that were necessarily interested in the class. So we really had to fight it being a dumping ground, like, a, hey, I'm just going to take Entrepreneurship 30 because I need a credit to graduate. It's pretty slack, whatever. So we wanted to change that stigma. Now I feel like we've got a great balance of, of students from all different areas, different interests, different future aspirations, whether it's, you know, go right to work, go to university. Um, and so I feel like there's generally an interest and excitement around it. Um, but that's a teacher perspective. So Sal's probably got his ear to the street a little bit better than I do and probably provide a student <laughs> perspective. And now he's an alumni, so he can be honest with me as to what <laughs> students actually think. Well, no. More or less, the first couple years that the program was kind of building off, many of my friends and everything were like, oh, I'm going to take Entra, you know, it's Slack, all we have to do is go in every now and then, do some work, and then after we've finished up our business plans, you know, it's a free and easy semester, right? Getting into it, they didn't realize how much work is actually put into the class, how much time outside of the classroom that you're putting into it, because we, we were honestly putting more time and effort into the class outside of the classroom that we were inside the classroom. Because inside the classroom, more or less, you got 45 minutes after, you know, everything's kind of cleared up with the teachers and you have your kind of intro for each class. You have 45 minutes to really get down to stuff. So after that, you're spending your lunches, you're spending after school, you're spending weekends kind of getting into the class. So it kind of builds on students and kind of gets more students interested in it that way. But for many students, you know, taking the accountings was just, oh, man, it's easy. I can do math. I can add up ledgers and it's all good. So that's where it is for students. But then going into that kind of aspect where, you know, there's that stigma around it. When you look at the universities, majority of the students or a vast majority of students go into business and they had no aspirations of touching business at all. Now it's either A, they never looked at it before the summer that they went into university or B, they just never had that opportunity, which is I think one of the biggest things that even though we had some students here at Campbell, go into business, who I would have never thought go into business, now they're looking back and saying, wow, I really should have taken those business classes because it would have helped me now where I'm sitting at in my second year or third year in a business school, whether it be in marketing or HR or whatever. So just being able to have that foundation from Campbell. Yeah, I'm going to throw a shout out here to uh, Cyril Keston, who's, uh, I call him the godfather of uh, <laughs> finance education in Canada, because as far as I know, Cyril is actually the only, um, I'm not even sure what his official title is, but business education professor. I think he's the only one or maybe one of two or three in all of Canada. And I think that's something we have to absolutely fix. I couldn't get in uh, to my program, to the, to the Faculty of Education at the University of Manitoba with any business background. Uh, not even economics, which is just the humanities. Um, never mind something more business-driven like an actual uh, faculty of business course. So those are not teachables. You cannot become a teacher if those are your focuses in your first few years of university. And as far as I know, that's the same in most provinces. Uh, so we need to fix that. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I had a huge learning curve when I, when I started seeing what Jordan and, and Campbell was doing. I was like, man, 
I like business. I've got to become better at this. And I sort of uh, uh, hacked to use to use a, a modern term my own uh, business education in in that regard. But we we got to put some public pressure on this. This is ridiculous to me. Um, one other thing I wanted to bug you guys about before we let you get on with your classes, because uh, we actually took Jordan uh, out of his normal work day here today, uh, is what is a case study and uh, why do I think they're so cool? Uh, I, uh, Sal, what have you got from these things and what are they? Okay, so from a case study, from my point of view, it's the best way of learning. Now, let me put it into one perspective. You have your regular textbook learning, right? And then you have the case study logic. So you're take and it's it's the perfect mix of taking your textbook learning and taking your own general knowledge and your abilities and mixing them into one to develop your case. You have to know the basics of you know your basic accounting, your your basic rules and principles, but you also have to have the wit, you have to have the common sense on how to apply those uh, textbook materials into the cases, how you're gonna establish yourself, how you're gonna develop this case run this case through what the pros and cons of the case may be. So what is the case, Sal? I don't what what are what are these things that you talk about that aren't textbooks? So essentially the case the case is a it's a problem and it's a problem that you're supposed to fix. It's a sort of a real world business problem. A real world business problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so give us an example, Jordan. What's what's a real world business problem that a student might uh, encounter on a case study? So we actually, uh, this year, we've got a cool uh, case study where we're looking at uh, the agriculture industry, and right now they're trying to attract more people to their careers. So we're working with Farm Credit Canada, and our students are going to try to come up with a little marketing campaign to generate more interest amongst young people around the business careers that are available in agriculture. Uh, you know, we've done case studies with WestJet in the past where we look at, you know, what planes should they be buying for their next fleet. So a little bit more of a finance case. Um, you know, there'll be entrepreneurship should the person start a business or not based on the information, should they expand their business. And it's cool to see, you know, students, I think back to, you know, Sal going through and seeing students work in a team and they have to present it. So communication skills are often lacking in a lot of areas of school. So to see students get up in front of the class, present their idea, um, it's great. It's great to see. It's great to see how excited they get because they feel like they're actually in the company or they're an actual consultant. And uh, you know, it feels like you got a little bit of skin in the game, so it's a great learning experience. We've we've been able to see a lot, and uh, yeah, we really enjoy it. It's been a big big plus for us. So you ready to go back to school, Sandy? Do you guys have case competitions? Yes, we do. So not we do, only do you have do you kind of come up with these hypothetical things? Groups of people come up with these same cases <laughs> and then present and compete. That is either the Coolest thing I've heard, or the very, very worst. But I, I leave it alone because that's my end. But wow! So that's for real. Like you guys actually do. Yeah, we uh, we're fortunate. The uh, SAS Business Teachers Association runs a big case competition. It was actually started because uh, a business teacher now working in the business community named Joel Graham. Uh, he does some amazing work. Uh, he started up the Saskatchewan High School Case Competition, and he based it off of the university competition which uh, Sal and a lot of former students are now starting to compete in. It's JDC West, and uh, it's great. We have teams from all across the province that come. They get their business case. They hear some business speakers talk. They learn about case studies, and then they present to a panel of judges, and uh, we give away the big trophy at the end. We have an award ceremony, sort of a networking and appetizers at the end, and the event's really grown from, like, 
happening in a small classroom in you know Melfort, Saskatchewan, with like 20 people, to now being a big scale operation that um, switches every year between the Hill School business at the U of R and the Edwards School business at the U of S. So we've been lucky. We've got some big sponsors like Connexus Credit Union and the two universities in the SAS Chamber of Commerce on board, and and they really make it possible for the students to attend this stuff. And uh, yeah, the sky's kind of the limit. We might have some international teams this year at the case competition. So it's wild how fast it's grown and, and still how much it can grow. So Sandy, I, I was uh, I gonna ask you before, are you ready to go back to high school here? Does this does this sound uh, uh, like a curriculum that you could live with or? I have some case studies. I wouldn't mind uh, having other people look at. <laughs> <laughs> do do their work for them. Yeah, I I actually met these guys at a, at the case competition. Um, they they. Uh, they couldn't get anyone else last minute, so they asked me to speak. Uh, and uh, and so anyway, I met I met these guys, and I was just blown away. And now I actually think so much of it that I base much of my curriculum around case studies. My final exam in personal finance is just one case study. It's a two-page case study, and uh, you go through this person. They got to make a recommendation to this young uh, gentleman. In the case of this past year, what insurance do they need? Uh, what should their investment plan be? They got to set it up. The whole portfolio, RSPs, TFSAs, whatever they got to do. Uh, they got to sort out the budget, do all these things, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, and and present because what what these guys didn't uh, tell you up front. Sal, how long do you get? You get this case that is often I don't know a thousand, twelve hundred words, maybe even a bit longer than that. How how uh, how much time do you guys have to tear that apart, build your uh, PowerPoint presentation, and then present it? So competition style uh, for the SBTA is you only have three hours, and it's 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 stressful. You're you get in there, ripping off your tie and you're unbuttoning the shirt and you're going right at it. You're you're deconstructing the case. You're trying to not miss out on everything and then still put this into a presentation. And usually you have to throw that presentation together in ten minutes because after going through everything in you know that three hours, you're you're just you're dead by the end. You get out of that presentation after you've uh, gone in front of the judges, and you sit down and you pass out. It's it's quite it's quite an experience. And if you if you've never done it, I urge everyone to try it at least once because it's it's mentally straining, it's physically straining, it's 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 crazy. But you get such an adrenaline rush while you're doing it, and you're also able to take what you've learned and put it out into a presentation and just go with it. I made the argument to my principal when I was trying to get everyone on board to get the team. I said, there is more learning that goes on in that three hours than in two full weeks of classes in some cases. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't think I was overestimating. Sal, would you agree? Or? Oh, no, not at all. And and for a student, you're, for a student, they're able to individually develop themselves more in those three hours than, say, two class work days. You're able yeah. to, because not only are you developing your, your own thinking skills, your own analyzing skills, whether it be you're analyzing the financials, you're analyzing some type of marketing scheme, you're able to think, you're able to apply things, but also when you're going up and presenting yourself in front of the judges. I know when I started off doing it, I was an okay presenter. I'd be able to you know, go up and talk, and then I'd kind of get washed over. Now I'm able to go up and talk in front of anyone, in, no, no matter how large of a group it is. You're able to develop your own speaking skills, develop your own presenting skills, and just if that's the only thing that you're going to take away from it is your presenting skills, then I think you've come away with a lot. Because whether you go, if you're going into medicine or you're going into engineering or you're going into law, 
your presenting skills is one of the biggest things that you have because you have to deal with presenting in front of a presenting in front of a patient or presenting in front of your your uh, employees or colleagues or presenting a case in a uh, court of law. You're able to come away with this quick thinking, uh, quick thinking an uh, analysis and just really establish yourself. So you guys have walked the walk. Uh, now after today, you've sort of talked the talk. What is one piece of advice uh, from uh, the number one business teacher and business student in Canada uh, to business people that are maybe not business people, people that uh, are, are maybe considering business or, or their kids are considering business? And, and so what's your one piece of advice to those 15-year-olds uh, out there that think business club sounds geeky? Want to go first? Sure, I'll start us off. So I would say um, my advice would be to definitely to get involved. Um, we have a little quote that we bust out sometimes, and it's life is business. So whether you're an individual who's going to be needing a mortgage, right, you're budgeting, you're doing anything, those skills are important no matter what you do. And using that entrepreneurial lens is going to be important whether you actually want to start your own company or you want to try to find that career path that's going to be sustainable, that's going to provide you with the income you need or with the lifestyle you'd like and also to make sure that you aren't the one who maybe you know loses your job during that recession or whatever it is you can make yourself valuable and indispensable in your organization and be a little bit of an entrepreneur so uh, yeah that would be would be my advice to, to give it a shot and to get involved it's it's beneficial for everyone uh, which is the nice thing about teaching it uh, for me the biggest thing is getting involved but not being afraid to fail that's the biggest thing because if you're perfect all your life, you're going to become complacent. You're never going to achieve more if you're always, you know, at that standard kind of a ready-to-go level. If you've failed and you see what you've done wrong, you're able to establish yourself and continue and build upon and grow. And that's the biggest thing is being a person is you, you're constantly growing. You're constantly developing yourself. And as long as you don't become complacent, uh, then you've, established yourself or you've made yourself and that's the biggest thing if you're a student and you want if you want something go out and get it and I know how corny that sounds but being the master of your fate and the captain of your soul is kind of my big little thing so uh, Ernest Hemingway uh, quote but taking like whatever you have and nice. going with it because you can be whatever you want all right, that's because money, guys. Big thanks to uh, number one business teacher in Canada, Jordan McFarlane, and the best name in money podcast history, uh, Mr. Moolah. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you, Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involved no ads or other sponsorship, be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.